On today's OTP Road to Nashville, we preview the top tight ends in the upcoming NFL Draft, including those who could be taken in the first round on April 25th, plus a local prospect who is emerging fast. And we update you on how to get access to all NFL Draft events and even take your questions live. All that and more next on the April 8th OTP Road to Nashville. It is 17 days until players are drafted in Nashville. Welcome to the OTP Road to Nashville. I'm Mike Keith along with Amy Wells for our second week. I can't believe it. Did you have a nice weekend? I did. I had a great weekend. It was good. It was nice. It was very nice. Rained a lot yesterday. Yep. Hey, speaking of yesterday, uh, the music people here right after our open is actually a song by Lanco. Yes. Known as Rival. Yes. And they're the Lanco guys. Well, congratulations to them. They won new group or duo of the year. At the ACM Awards? At the ACM Awards. Lanco's song Rival is the official theme song of the OTP Road to Nashville. You're hearing it right now. So congratulations. I mean, what a big honor for them in Las Vegas last night. I'll tell you what, I was driving around in my car. It was beautiful on Saturday. And so I like to go for a drive and enjoy the weather and listen to my music. And I was playing that song as I was driving around Nashville. And I was like, man, if anybody saw me listening to like our theme song as I'm like bumping through the streets, like how embarrassing. That's Not a really. good song. <laughs> but you think about Lanco. So they're going to perform in Granite Falls, Michigan, or Granite Falls, Minnesota, I should say. Hmm on Wednesday night at Prairie's Edge Casino. Do you think they will be introduced as the 2019 AC Award, ACM Award-winning new group or duo of the year? I mean, you would think, I would right? think. But congratulations to them. By the way, uh, some other congratulations. Did you watch the show last night? What show? The ACMs. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Keith Urban, Entertainer of the Year. Okay. Casey Musgraves, Female Artist of the Year. Thomas Rhett, Male Artist of the Year. Duo of the Year, Dan and Shay, who had a huge night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Old Dominion was the group of the year. Oh, that's exciting. Hotel Key, there you one go. of my favorite songs. Female Artist of the Year, Ashley McBride. New Male Artist, or New Female Artist of the Year, Ashley McBride. New Male Artist of the Year, Luke Combs. Lanco, as we mentioned, the new group or duo of the year. Album of the Year, Golden Hour, Casey Musgraves. Single of the Year, Tequila, Dan and Shay. Song of the Year, Tequila, Dan and Shay. Video of the Year, Drunk Girl by Chris Jansen. Musical Event of the Year, Dirks Bentley. Really? Featuring the Osmond Brothers, Burning Man. And, of course, Dirks Bentley is going to be performing at the draft. Yeah, they are. Not they, him. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I... Even if it's one person, there's a whole band. They will all be there. I know. Dirks Bentley is fantastic, though. I'll tell you what. It's uh, congratulations to all of them. And man, is music going to be a huge part of That's this thing? That's what I was going to say. What, every time that I look at the list of people who are going to be performing and all of the things that are going to be happening during the draft, man, if you're just a casual football fan and a big music fan, psh, that's the weekend for you. More than 20 acts, all Nashville-based in a variety of genres, not just country, Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. We'll be performing uh, April 25 through 27 at the draft in downtown Nashville. It's so the only that way is, to do it in music city. That's good stuff. Butch Spiriton, yes. the president and CEO of the Nashville Convention and Visitors Corporation, will be on this very show tomorrow. That's going to be really awesome. and uh, We'll be I'm, talking about all of this. Yeah, I'm glad that we're going to get some, some information from the man who knows. And we wanted to have, you know, because this is... This show, the OTP Road to Nashville, is more than just about football. It's about the entire draft experience. It's more than just about the Titans. It's it's everything that we can bring you, which is why Butch is going to come on to talk about the variety of things going on with this draft. And part of what's being discussed, too, is if I'm a, a younger man with small children, mm-hmm. what do I want to attend? If I'm a 25-year-old, what do I want to attend? If I'm a couple over 60, what do I want to attend? We're going to kind of get into all of that because there's something for everybody. And the other thing that's really important, too, this is not just the first round. This is not just Thursday. No, it's a whole weekend. It's the whole weekend. Yep. And you got to have a plan. If you're, if you're going to really enjoy this thing, you've got to have a plan, and we're going to talk to Butch about the plan. It's like Disney World, but with football. Well, that's it. You've got to have a plan. That's it. Yep. But and somebody made the point, to Robbie Bourne made the point to me this morning, our senior director of media uh, relations. He said, the NFL, it, how big this is, people don't understand. I compare them to Disney. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be, I think people will be shocked at how big all of this is. It's larger than life. It I've is. been to drafts before, it. and they are, they're over the top. The NFL doesn't do anything small. They yes. just don't. And so this is a huge event in and of itself just because it's the NFL draft. I think in my mind, and a lot of people would say, it's the second biggest event that well, the is. NFL puts on, second only to the Super Bowl. Right. Like, that's a big deal. And then to have the amount of space that they have in Nashville, to have the amount of access that they do to different types of events and different things, and then just having the people who are so interested and so excited about it, if you are not living in Nashville proper and have thought, maybe I'll take a weekend to go to Nashville, this is the weekend to go because it's going to blow your socks off. You're not going to be bored. Absolutely not. By the way, speaking about music and yeah. football and the intersection with this part of the country, mm-hmm. we are going to have somebody on the show a week from Wednesday, April 17th, mm-hmm. who is one of the greatest musicians ever, is a massive football fan. Yes. And has a, and has been an incredible advocate for this part of the country. He's somebody who's been helping with projects to put forth Nashville bef- long before Nashville was the it city sitting right there, the great Charlie Daniels. That's so be, cool. It's going to be I can't wait to hear the perspective that that he will bring from the football fan, the music and from somebody, he's been in Mount Juliet for a hundred years. So <laughs> it's just, it's so great. I can't wait to have Charlie. I'm a huge Charlie Daniels fan. Oh, really? I have been to the, I went to the volunteer jam when I was a young man. Oh, that's cool. I was pretty great. Uh, other things this weekend, congratulations to all the Baylor fans, women's national champions. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, Texas Tech, Virginia tonight, men's championship. Who you got? Uh, Virginia. Virginia, okay. Yep. Who do you have? Uh, probably Virginia. Yeah. I just think... Although, Texas Tech's a great story. I really have no big rooting interest. Yeah, I don't really have a dog in the fight at this point. My bracket was toast, like, 
a month ago. Yeah, I get that. So, and, um, and and in the interest of fairness, too, we're talking about the ACM awards. Do we need to list who won WrestleMania 35 last night? Do we need? Do you need to know that? Well, I don't know, so you may as well tell me. Spoiler alert! Do we need a spoiler alert right here? <laughs> who was it? So don't so turn off your sound for just a second if you don't want to know because I guess some people would tape it. Okay. Seth Rollins is the Universal Champion. Kofi Kingston is the WWE Champion. Finn Balor is the Intercontinental Champion. Becky Lynch over Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair to win the Raw and SmackDown Women's Titles. Mm. The women's match headlined WrestleMania. Really? Never happened before. Well, Ronda Rousey is a big deal, right? Ronda, and Charlotte Flair is and. Obviously, Becky Lynch is. She's the champion. Well, there you go. That That's was something very exciting. you needed to know. That didn't I did. Well, but all I know. Day. So we're we're already getting social media questions. If you if you're watching us live on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, we are taking your social media questions. We want your questions and anything. I'm sure somebody said he's given the ACM winners. <laughs> Why about? would he not give the WrestleMania winners? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe I just wanted to throw that in. So there. Uh, morning headlines. Are you ready for those? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Let's get right to them. Let's start with Juju got Mr. Big Chest. Embarrassing. It really is. The, the, the whole former Steeler Steeler thing has gotten out of hand. So Steeler Steve, who I don't know, posts something on Twitter about Juju Smith-Schuster being the Steelers' most valuable player from 2018. Right. This has been a bone of contention with former Steeler Antonio Brown forever. He was angry. Is Steeler Steve somebody, or was this just – everybody is somebody. But was this just a person with an opinion, or is he someone no, he, of influence no, 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 in the no. Steelers he was named, community? He was named this at oh, the okay. end of the year okay. by some media outlet or, or whatever. That was my question. And so – it was just being reinforced. It was somebody being, I sense, being positive toward Juju Smith-Schuster. Ah, good job. Buddy. So the former Steeler, now Oakland Raider, Antonio Brown, tweeting out, Emotion. Boy fumbled the whole postseason in the biggest game of the year. Everything went blind to busy, making fun of guys famous not enough reality these days. By the way, check the list. Mm, so Lots of punctuation he's in not, that tweet. That's he's good. not happy. So Juju comes back with, and I thought he did a good job. All I ever did is show the man love and respect from the moment I got to the league. I was genuinely happy for him, too, when he got traded to Oakland with a big contract. And now he takes shots at me on social media. Crazy how big that ego got to be to take shots at people who you show love. Yee. Yeah, really got nasty. I think I think Juju won that one, though. Here's what but the I'm... whole Steeler thing is, I mean, but, but think about the league right now. We got... The Steelers have gone through this days of our lives sort of drama, which they never do. No. Ever. That's what makes it so exciting. We got the Green Bay Packers with a little thing going on last week, and the mm-hmm. Packers have always been this really well-run organization. Not to say that they're still not, but there was clearly some serious dysfunction right. that was going on. Um <sighs> What's happening here? You know what this shows? It shows that everything is so cyclical. That's true. Like, you see these teams that are a great team, a great organization. It only takes a couple weird chemistry things in a locker room and everything ignites. You know, it happens. And it happens to everybody. So some of the teams that get a really bad rep for constantly being a mess may not deserve that as much as 
it can happen to everybody, I it guess can. is what I'm trying to say. But you know what they should be promoting today in Pittsburgh? Huh. And I think the Steelers certainly will. Did you see what Ryan Shazier did over the weekend? No. Here's the linebacker who lost his career and was paralyzed 16 months ago. Here he is working out. He just no did a, way. He just did a box jump. I can't do a box jump. He just did a box jump. That's phenomenal. That brings that makes me tears a little to your emotional. eyes. That's, yeah. that's a beautiful thing. I'll tell you what. That's the important thing that Steeler Nation should and be And that's proud the of. stuff you want to be seeing. That's the good stuff this time of year. That's Everybody great. talking trash about things that happened last year or things that are maybe going to happen. But, like, you can't talk trash about 2019. Yeah. 2018's over. I kind of like the calm here. Yeah. I kind of like it. Okay. We got calm here in Nashville. It's good. Yeah. Everything is good. Next headline, Demarcus Lawrence. After we were done with our program on Friday, Demarcus Lawrence, five years, $105 million. Edge rusher, Dallas Cowboys, $65 million guaranteed, Amy Wells, over three years. That's a lot of money. How much cash will he put in the bank in 2019? $31.1 million. Just chilling in there. Another $17 million in each of the next two years. He is guaranteed... Essentially, this contract is three years, $65 million. What happens after that, we'll see. It's called five years, $105 million, but you really focus on the guaranteed money. Right. He is getting paid. That is unbelievable. Good player. Great really player. Good player. So you love to see it when that happens to someone, but that kind of money? Holy Second round smokes. pick in 2014, 14 and a half sacks in 2017. In 2018, 10 and a half sacks. And that makes the case that if you have a chance to draft an edge rusher and control that edge rusher's cost for four years and also have him with a fifth-year option, it makes a lot of sense to take an edge rusher in the first round. That fifth-year option, man, that's the... It's big. That's the exciting thing, and that's what kind of makes you change the way that you look at a draft board a little bit, knowing that that's a factor. If you want a guy that's going to last for a while, that you don't have to pay that kind of money right, right away, that that can change a lot of things. So it's a good thing to keep in mind as we get a little bit closer to the draft. That fifth-year option's a big deal. Well, it's one of the reasons that teams deal back into the first round from their second-round spot, and, and, and more teams – don't look to get out of the first round. When I started doing this, when and we had a really good team and we were picking at the bottom of the first round, Floyd Reese traded his first round pick in 2001 to get Kevin Carter. Mm-hmm. Well, Kevin Carter was better than they would have gotten in the first round and he didn't cost you much more because first round picks weren't capped any longer. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so everybody was always trying to get out of the first round if they were in that 20 to 32 range. You were trying to get out. Now it's not – now if you get a great offer, you do it. But in some ways, it's more valuable to be there and make the pick because since 2011 and the collective bargaining agreement, picks don't cost as much. For example, I mean, in the difference in cost – is that in 2010, Sam Bradford got $48 million guaranteed. That's what was in my brain right now, yeah. Okay. 
The next year, the number one pick, Cam Newton got $22 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So it's almost, and it's, and it's stayed with this trend, it's about half as much right. as what it was at that point. Man, but Two t- 2010, what a good year to be a good player. Yeah, for Sam Bradford. <laughs> Sam Bradford's pocketed a few Yeah, he's going to be just fine. His bucks. kids will go to college. Uh, but overall, I mean, you're, you're looking at roughly $22 million a year over the next three years for Demarcus Lawrence. Mm-hmm. A great edge rusher. Again, 25 sacks in the last two years. Not the best edge rusher, but a good one. Right. But if you're looking at cost containment, is that something you keep in the back of your head? It certainly makes the case if you're the Titans. If you decide to go edge rusher at 19, that has to be one of the things. Not only would the guy be a good player, but something to keep in mind. Well, and when you're looking at some veteran players, those contracts oh, yeah. that are coming up and stuff, they all keep their eyes on that because it's kind of like real estate. When one house goes up, they all kind of go up. You, you know, know what's going down? What? Headline number three. <laughs> That was good. This is what we do. (laughs) So it's been reported, and Lance Zerline was the first guy to report it, that Dwayne Haskins, quarterback Ohio State, that his status as the number two or number three quarterback in this draft is more media-made than team-made. And other people from their sourcing also saying that it's going to be Drew Locke Daniel Jones and obviously Kyler Murray that will be the first three quarterbacks taken in no order there. Obviously, I think Murray goes first, and then we'll see after that. But that Haskins, who has been reported by everybody in the media in every mock draft to be going number two, may not go until number four. Hmm. If that's the case... He may still be there at 19 when the Titans pick. Now, I don't, I'm not suggesting the Titans are going to take a quarterback, but it could be that somebody wants to deal up and grab that pick in order to select him. Right, right. So if you got somebody who's back in that first round who wants and needs a quarterback, yeah. do they say, hmm, uh, yeah, you I might, mean, it's definitely possible. I mean, it's something to watch. All we, We've pressed this on the OTP road to Nashville, and Coach Mack talked about it on Wednesday. The quarterback thing at the top of this draft definitely affects what's going to happen with the Titans. As Dave McGinnis says, there are two different drafts. There's the draft, and then there's the quarterback draft. They're two different things based on need. Well, here's a question for you because you've raised an interesting point. How big of an impact do you think the media and what's being reported and what's kind of floating around out there that has nothing to do with scouts or teams or anything like that, how big of an impact does that have on a general manager? None. None? But see, here's the thing, though. Some of the people, it it is based on information. See? See, that's the difference. Some of this, like Rick Goslin, who's one of the greatest NFL writers of all time, one of the greatest sports writers I've ever heard. Rick Goslin would would base his mocks on what teams were telling him. He spent a lot of time, and and so his mocks have always been so good because Rick Goslin is sourced. Right. Rick Goslin is not a guy who's just, you know, like if, if I do a mock, I'm just some guy. Mm-hmm. 
I kind of like the NFL. I know who some of the players are. If I get it right, well, that's a good guess, and, and I've put together a nice puzzle, but that's just me doing a mock. Rick Goslin doesn't do that. Right. So when you read the mocks, what are the differences between the Rick Goslins and the guys who are just doing a mock? Because who just wanted. Who just want to do a mock. And, and I'm not lessening them, mm-hmm. but I'm saying some are sourced. Some teams take a look at, and I'm using Jeff Legwald mm-hmm. from ESPN, Rick Goslin, guys like that. Teams are interested in, in what they're saying and what they know because they know that they are sourced. They are talk- They may not have the GM telling them exactly, but they're going to pro days. They're talking to people. They're, you know. Right. They get some people idea. know. There are a lot of X factors this time of year. There's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff going on and kind of swirling around that impacts what we'll see in 17 days. It's on. It's on. It is on. Can I ask you some questions? Go, let's get some social media questions. Yeah, I've got a couple here. And um, this first one I'm really excited about. Um, Chad would like to know. Hey, Chad. He would like to know if he can buy a jacket similar to the one you're wearing. He really likes it. At the Titans Pro Shop or online. Right. Thank you. Yeah. I love love when we do the things in the Titan blue. Mm -hmm. There's obviously a lot more navy. So when I get the things in the Titan blue, they become my favorite things because there are less of them. I like the navy too, but there's more light blue. There's more gray and there's more navy. When we got the light blue, I love it. Yeah, it and, and this is a uh, comfortable weight on a on a rainy day. Mm-hmm. So yeah. thank you, Chad. There you go, the Titans team store. All right, here's a question from Horace. He says, "Do you think that with a new offensive coordinator?" There's some concern about the Titans coming out slow, or do you think they'll come out firing all guns, making a point? It's a great question. That's why, in my opinion, that was one of the big reasons to promote Arthur Smith, Mm -hmm. because I think they have a much better shot at having the continuity than they would if they went to somebody totally new. Arthur is not new. Right. He's a new play caller, and I think the preseason is going to help him get his feet with that he will figure out the logistics but Arthur is incredibly smart and Arthur having been here knows all of the players quite literally what they can do what they can't do and I think it's going to I think it's going to make a big difference in the continuity that they keep in order to get off to a better start you talked to Marcus Mariota about him mm-hmm. he's really excited about Arthur Smith he was he said that he's He's always been amazed by how smart Arthur Smith is. He just knows the game really well. So he was excited to get the chance to really sit down, really work with him and pick his brain a little bit. Um, He was every single person on the Titans offense that I've talked to about Arthur Smith has been elated that he's getting that chance. So I'm so excited for them to get back in this building and get back to work because I think there's going to be some awesome stuff that they're putting together. Any other ones right now? Uh, no, I think we're good for right okay, now. Well, Let's keep them move coming. on. Keep them coming. Speaking of Arthur Smith, he used to be the tight end coach, and so on today's draft, it's only fitting we're going to talk about tight ends. Now, here's what's interesting about this draft. The quarterbacks not thought to be spectacular as a group. The wide receivers not thought to be spectacular as a group. Other positions not thought to be spectacular as a group. The tight ends, however – 
this group outstanding and figures to have a chance to make history. It's not official, but it's official, at least for now. Iowa is tight end you. Since 1994, 15 times schools have had multiple tight ends selected in the same NFL draft, but no school has ever had two tight ends selected in the first round, ever. It may happen on April the 25th. Iowa, which has had 12 tight ends drafted since 1985, has two players who are first-round picks in almost every mock that you read. T.J. Hawkinson is the guy who is the all-around tight end that teams covet. Noah Fant is the modern-day tight end who is more receiver than blocker, but whose lure as a matchup nightmare makes him hard to pass up. He's in a place with T.J. Hawkinson. We got two from the same school. When you think about Iowa tight ends, they have a great tradition of not just pass catchers, but guys who can block. And when you plug in the tape, Hawkinson blocks as well as catches the football. Fant is more the tight end that we're getting from just about everywhere else now. He can block you, he'll position you off, but he's going to go downfield and catch the football. That's what he does. So I'm really intrigued to see both of them. Only seven tight ends have been first round picks since 2010, but we could have three this year alone. Outside of the Iowa duo, Irv Smith Jr. from Alabama could be the third first rounder. Irv Smith Jr. came, kind of came out of nowhere this past year. He had been contributing, but this was his breakout year. He, he can run, he's tough, and he's competitive as a blocker. He's not great, but he'll continue to get bigger and stronger, but he can run down the field. And I think his best attribute is his ability to create after the catch. Three tight ends are taking up all of the draft oxygen. But here are some of the other tight end names that you should know as a draftman. C.J. Conrad, Kentucky. Kendall Blanton, Missouri. Foster Morrow, LSU. Caleb Wilson, UCLA. Kahale Waring, San Diego State. Josh Oliver, San Jose State. Jace Sternberger, Texas A&M. Alize Mack, Notre Dame. Dax Raymond, Utah State, Zach Gentry, Michigan, Caden Smith, Stanford, Drew Sample, Washington, Tommy Sweeney, Boston College, and having prepped at Brentwood Academy, Dawson Knox, Ole Miss. Keep an eye on that Dawson Knox. That yeah. young man is making a move. Absolutely. But is. there, I mean, there is amazing tight end quality for all three days. Mm -hmm. You've got exactly what you want in terms of the guys who are more complete package, the guys who are just blockers, and the guys who are just receivers. Teams want all three of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's. Uh, it's a really impressive group. Yeah, it's uh, it's another one of those uh, groups that we talk about there being a lot of depth and guys that you can find in the third and fourth rounds that are really going to have an impact on your football team. I think that the tight ends group is one of those where you can get a solid tight end a little bit later in this draft and be very, very happy with them. But you could get a difference maker early. Ooh. Well, I mean, yes, there's always You know who option. I think's taking a tight end? Who? Green Bay Packers. Yes. They have pick 12 and pick 30. I think they are taking a tight end early. Hawkinson feels like 
a Green Bay Packer. Yeah. I mean, you just you look at the guy, you watch him play, you see where their offense is, you mm-hmm. know who their head coach is in Matt Lafleur. Right. I, I mean, they don't have one. I, I, you got to think at twelve, they're right. sitting there going, "That's plug and play for these Green Bay Packers, who if they're going to win." You gotta have a tight end. They have to have a tight end, and they got to do something. Some teams will pick a first rounder, not for now, but for the next five years. If you're Green Bay, you're probably picking as much for the now as you are for the next. Not to say Hawkinson won't be a good player for five years. No, but, but he can play right now. He's ready. Yep. Is Fant as ready? Mm, I don't know. I mean, physically, in terms of how he runs, he is. He's a large fella. You met him, right? I did. Yeah. He is a large human being. Let's take a look at the Titans' tight end depth. And this has been something that has been broadly discussed. I was um, looking at this over the weekend. So Delaney Walker, who's back and working out hard, entering year 14. He's See? now, as of this year, he will have been with the Titans as long as he was with the San Francisco 49ers. You guys get on to me about calling him old, but 14 years is a long time. 14 years is a long time. That's a coming long back time. from a serious injury. Mm-hmm. Johnu Smith is coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. So you've got those two, and you figure those two are on your football team. Right. Just that's. And then Michael Pruitt did a nice job coming over last year. Mm-hmm. Anthony Ferkser caught the football well. He had 19 catches for 225 yards. Cole Wick was a guy that they brought in, and he got hurt in his first practice. Yeah, that was disappointing. And had to go on IR. But Poor guy. Look at the size, though, Amy. Yep. 6'6", 257. You would think the Titans, I'm not going to say you would think, decent chance they keep four. Yes. I would agree with that. But people see this list. You know, the, the national folks mm-hmm. who have – Last week when Jim Wyatt did his tour of the mocks Mm -hmm. at TitansOnline.com, and when he did it again this week, as a matter of fact, number one on the list at number 19 for the Titans was Noah Fant from Iowa. Right. Most people put Noah Fant with – more people have put Noah Fant with the Titans than any other player. Yep. I don't think it's crazy because I think he's special. Mm Mm-hmm. But the Titans have good numbers there. Mm Mm-hmm. And so Titans fans and people who cover the Titans say, they're not taking a tight end right there. Well, here's the thing, and this is, I think, what throws me off a little bit when I see everybody talking about the Titans taking a tight end, is the return of Delaney Walker, I think, is something that can be so Mm far-reaching. Assuming that he comes back, and he says that he's better than he was before. So assuming that Delaney comes back in all of his glory and does what we expect him to do, The impact that he has on a Titans offense is crazy. The amount of places where he's able to be a part and really help, whether it's blocking and passing and uh, everything. I mean, Delaney can do a lot to impact this offense, but you've got Jonu Smith as well that's right behind him. So with those two players and the way that we saw Jonu progress and really step up until he got that injury, that is such a good sign. So then it says, well, it makes you think if you've got two big playmakers in that position, why are you investing such a high pick at something that seems really solid? So I can understand where that kind of hits people sideways, and they think, no, I just don't see it. But is he so good? Is, are, That's are, the thing. Are one of those players 
so good that you can't pass them up mm-hmm. because it's not just for the now, it's for the five years. Right. It, it, what you're saying is the pick is it's for 2019, but it's a building block for the future. It's just like when they picked Taylor Lewan. Mm-hmm. And there were people who screamed and hollered, oh, why are we doing this? And, well, you know, about five games into the year in 2014, he was starting because Michael Ruse got hurt. And then, you know, he's arguably the best left tackle in football right now. Right. Three-time pro bowler. I mean, that pick at the time, people howled. Mm -hmm. But that was a pick that was made because it's like, look, this guy is so good, we can't pass him up. Right. Well, here's a question from social media that Go. goes to that point. Mike Adams would like to know, hey, Mike. How, how many more years do you actually think Delaney Walker has as a top-notch tight end? Do you think at some point Jonu Smith is going to kind of start squeezing him a little bit? Well, I don't know if he's going to squeeze him, but it's a good question, Mike. But that's why they drafted Jonu. Because they thought Janu had all of the characteristics that Delaney did. And for a five-game stretch last year, when Janu got it together, Janu struggled early. Mm-hmm. He struggled catching the ball. He, he and Derrick Henry and Rashawn Evans all had these slow starts that developed into these periods of really super play. You saw it with Rashawn. You certainly saw it with Derek. But you saw it out of Janu before he got hurt. Oh, my gosh. Janu went to a different level. He went into – and this was when the offense started going. You saw the catch from Dallas. You saw you know, a, a bunch of the things that we got in that November period when the offense was at its best – Yes, I mean, they think he can be that type of player with the versatility. John is a good blocker. Mm-hmm. Like Delaney, he's a willing blocker. He's athletic. Yes, I, I do think that's certainly a possibility. That was why they invested a third-round pick in him. Yeah, I remember early on in the season, Janu was always the last person off the field. Oh, yes. He'd be catching balls forever. Sure. Like, we'd be able to go out, shoot something, do some interviews, clean up all of our stuff, and Janu's still out there working. It was it was great to see him have the success that he did after all of the hard work that he put in early. And if he can continue to build on that, the sky's the limit for him. I think it is. Mm-hmm. I think it is, too. You got anything else you like there? Oh, gosh. I have all kinds. Go. Um, there are some questions, and tight ends can block sometimes, so this sort of fits in. In regards to our offensive line, who do we have, and do you think that with the guys we have right now, they can protect our quarterback? This is a Facebook question. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think so. We're going to talk offensive line tomorrow with Jim White. We sure are. And I think I think the Titans are going to spend draft capital on a young offensive lineman that they think can eventually become a starter. Yes. Now, here's what I wonder. Is that a fifth-round pick? Because that's where John Robinson has found the magic – Right. I mean, he's found more guys in the fifth round that become starters. You know, the Tajay Sharp, LaShawn Sims is not a starter, but he he plays very regularly, does a great job. Uh, Jayon Brown certainly <laughs> is a starter right. and became a good player. I think Dane Crookshank is going to have a chance to be a starting safety. Does he look there? And does he find that versatile guy? I mean, what we've seen, and as we prepare tomorrow's show, there are a bunch of these, I guess, hybrid linemen mm-hmm. that 
have been tackles in college, but they look like they're going to be able to move inside and play well, or they're going to be able to have a chance to go back outside at some point. Right. It seems more and more guys are coming out of high school and college, and they have the ability to play a lot of different positions. Very rarely do you get a guy who's just been a right tackle his whole life. That's all he knows how to do. That's all he wants to do is just be a right tackle. You don't see that as much in the guys that are coming out right now because colleges are moving these guys around right. more. So that's good for us. Yeah, so it's uh, so we'll certainly talk offensively. You want to do one more? Uh, yeah. Do you have one more? Yep. Yeah, you can ask these questions. We're enjoying this. Thank you for uh, thank you for watching live, mm-hmm. and thank you for sharing your questions at uh, Facebook, Twitter, and, and on YouTube, right below in the, in the comments section. Here's a question from YouTube. Oh, great. He's wondering, Mike Keith, if you had the number one pick, who are you picking in the whole draft? And I'm Arizona? Sure. If I'm, Ari- I'm making the rules. He didn't specify. If I'm Arizona and I have the number one pick and Cliff Kingsbury is my coach, I'm taking Kyler Murray. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Even though he's kind of short? Even though he's kind of short. Uh, but I think it's what Cliff Kingsbury wants to do. Uh, I'm trading Rosen, trying to get a second-round pick. Rumors everywhere. Washington is the team that's emerging for, for Josh Rosen. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's what that's what I'm doing in that scenario. If I'm just generic team making a pick, mm-hmm. I'm probably I'm probably taking Quinnen Williams. Yeah, that's who I would pick. Quinnen Williams to me looks like a special defensive tackle that I just think how he's built, how fast he is, how he plays, where he came from. Nothing against Nick Bosa. Nothing against. Allen or, or any of the other top guys. Quinnen Williams, I mean, 6'3", 303, running in the four sevens. That's nuts. Quinnen Williams is a grown man. He's a grown man. Yep. That's So if I'm generic team, that's what I'm doing. If I'm Arizona with their new coach, I think it's Kyler Murray. Okay. That's a fair answer. That's okay. Well, I, I like try that. to give them. Mm-hmm. Honest, fair, <laughs> that's the goal. That's us. Okay. So Mike Vrabel is going to do the OTP road to Nashville. He is the Titans head coach. Here is the deal. Mike Vrabel, during this time, is in meetings. Yep. Which is good. We would prefer that he be in meetings. In draft meetings, the team gets back here a week from today, which is going to benefit us on the OTP road to Nashville because we hope to get some uh, players in here during the course of all that. So he's getting ready for the offseason program. He's getting ready for the draft. He has a lot going on. He has carved out some time for us in the afternoon. So we are going to have to tape a segment with him. But our feeling is you want to see the head coach on the OTP. Right. So we want your questions for him. And how we want you to send them is send them to Twitter at Titans Amy. That's me. Send them to me. I'll make sure that we get them asked when we talk to Mike Vrabel. It's not going to be live, live, but it'll be close enough that you won't even feel it. Just t- tweet them to me at Titans Amy, A-M-I-E. Start and we'll now. we'll get them to it. Yeah, start, start right now. Start now. I mean, right this minute. You're watching the show. You're, you're not watching doing the anything. show right Just now. Just tweet them, yeah. So send the questions, and if you're listening on the podcast, again, we want you to send the questions because we want your questions for Coach Mike Vrabel. The show will air on Friday, so you will see this on Friday, that segment with Coach Vrabel. But we're 
you know, you, you weigh things. You make decisions in life. We got a chance to get the head coach. You want to see the head coach? This is how we're making it happen. We're making it happen in a taped segment. Yep. So send your questions for Coach Mike Vrabel via Twitter to at Titans Amy. Yep. At Titans Amy. Start now so we can begin compiling them. Yes. The more that we have put together, the more that we can get answered. So just send them to me, and we will ask the head ball coach. The head ball coach will be asked. Yep. Tomorrow on the OTP Road to Nashville, Butch Spearden. Nashville Convention and Visitors Corporation President and CEO, all things about draft weekend. All the logistics, the stupid things that you're kind of thinking, well, where am I going to put my car? How am I going to get from this place right. to that place? What do I need to bring? Butch Spearden. We will have all those answers tomorrow. Tomorrow, Butch Spearden right here. The great Jim Wyatt is here for talk about the Titans and also to preview the offensive line draft. Which, as we saw today, is going to be a big topic. It's, I'm excited about it's it. It's going to be a big topic. All that and more on the OTP Road to Nashville tomorrow. And remember... If you can't watch us live, we run this thing again at titansonline.com. Or the easy way to do it to guarantee you'll never miss it, download the OTP podcast wherever you get your podcasts or at titansonline.com slash podcast. Yep. I cannot believe how many people are responding to this and asking questions and doing everything that they're doing, being involved. Uh, all over the country, mm-hmm. people... All over the world, it's it's mm-hmm. been uh, it's been very exciting, and that's why we're doing it every day at ten central. It's so much fun. I'm really enjoying the interactive component that too. we've included. This is great. I love hearing from people and being able to answer the questions that people actually want to know, and well, just what it. we think is funny. Um, although we know it is funny, but yeah, we've uh, we've had a great response. And tell your friends. Because it's only going to get better from here. Download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts or at titansonline.com. Subscribe. Subscribe. Yep. For Amy Wells, my name is Mike Keith. Thank you for joining us. For the OTP Road to Nashville, remember, it's just 17 days until players are drafted right here in Nashville. Have a great day, everybody.